This is the Scale with Psychology podcast, where you're going to optimize your psychology to exponentially scale your business and become the ultimate version of yourself. I'm your host, Ani Manian, widely known as the Mind Whisperer and trusted advisor and psychedelic therapist to the world's top entrepreneurs and leaders. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a mental game. And the main constraint in any business is not the strategies and tactics, but the psychology of the founder. And with each episode, I'm going to help you take your life in business to levels you never thought possible. If you're ready to play the game of life and business in God mode, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs Rising. I have someone truly exceptional for you today. My guest today is a real estate mogul. She's a millionaire coach. She's the creator of several multi-million dollar businesses, including Good Life, Luxury, The Paperless Agent, and most recently and notably, Wealthy, Wealthy. That's Wealthy, W-E-E-A, and Wealthy, W-E-E-L-L-T-H-Y, which is truly the intersection of wealth and health. She is also an international speaker and the award-winning author of the Amazon bestseller, Falling for Money, a romance novel for your bank account. She's been named one of the 100 most influential real estate leaders in the country. She's been featured in the USA Today, as well as by Apple, Contactually, and Evernote for her creative leadership with emerging technology. After nearly losing her life in 2013 and spending almost half a million dollars to get it back, she's now changing the world again by inspiring others to build extraordinary wealth and optimal health. Her life's work is in helping millions each year, discovering their true path to wealth, health, and happiness. Please join me in welcoming the one and only Christina (laughs) Wise. Hello there. Oh, it's so fun to be here. Hi there. It's such a pleasure to have you here on the show and to be jamming like this live on air. Um, You know, there's so many things truly exceptional and noteworthy about you. But the thing that always gets me is that a lot of these discoveries that you share with people now actually came to you on your deathbed. And that's something that a lot of people haven't had an experience of to be so close to leaving this earth, but coming back and using the life that they've been given again, that you gave yourself to essentially create a completely new sense of vision, mission, purpose, and not just to have, you know, these things come in as ideas but for you to execute on it relentlessly, strategically, so intentionally that you're able to impact millions today. So tell us a little bit about what that journey was like. You know, it's funny to even think of that story now, Ani, because it's actually more relevant than ever in a sense. And there's a couple of different places to go. Right now, based on where we are in this exact time, a lot of even the coaching I've been doing to those that are part of my past customers, clients, current customers, clients, even my networks at large, is that one of the big 
things I'm talking about. It's called mindset. But the mindset piece is really outside of normal things we talk about mindset. But it's really understanding that the life that we knew, the business that we knew as entrepreneurs, business owners, even what I call micro businesses, maybe just, you know, coaches and consultants and those are really one person, maybe with a little bit of help, but real micro business and entrepreneur that the two weeks ago, that doesn't exist anymore. So the mindset really is so powerful. How we go into this is how we move from today forward. And we can't have any connection to the past. Like what I've been coaching is we erase the past completely. Like if it was on a whiteboard, you erase it. And it's as though it never happened because any tether we have to the life that was two weeks ago, and we're trying to make any decisions from that really um, is catastrophic in a way because now it's about reinvention. And the great thing about this and and like a silver lining for many is what the beauty that's going to come out of this maybe more difficult time that a lot of people might be in right now is small business owners, entrepreneurs, and micro businesses. So to answer your question, when I was on my deathbed, it was horrific because I mean, I was, I was scared. I was dying. I lost all mental cognition capabilities. I couldn't work. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't think my body was breaking down. I was scared to death. I wasn't ready to die. I couldn't get any answers to what was wrong. And so it was a year of my life of just struggle and, and fear. And I was desperately trying to hold on to that old life of who I was because it was starting to crumble. And my identity was breaking down because I wasn't in the game anymore. And I didn't know who I was. And, but I was just kept, all I did, I wanted to get better today so I could go back to that life that I was. And then, you know, much far, much farther along and I finally let go. And the irony out of that is, yes, it caused me to do the work that I'm doing today. In the case that it was a complete pivot, I fully walked away from my own life, my old life. I completely walked away to that person that I was because she wasn't healthy. She was too tied to external validation and success and achievement. What other people thought I had lots of toxicity in my environments and things. I was just in that whole game and struggle and, and I wasn't that person anymore. Like I changed as a human being going through that very difficult time, like talk about complete transformation, caterpillar to butterfly type thing. So my old life and who I was didn't matter. Didn't, it, I mean, it just didn't even exist. And so I say that how that's relevant today to try to answer your question is because my I found my purpose accidentally because I found myself in this life and health crisis that had I not had that, I would have been doing the world that I was in before probably forever. And I never would have landed on my purpose on this planet doing the work that I do today. I mean, I know that I was put here to do exactly what I'm doing. So every day I get to wake up with that calling. It's a calling. I can't shut it down or off if I tried. So that came out. Now to add on to that, I've been through two recessions. And so there's that experience too. And one, I got crumbled because I was young. It was the the 9-11 and the whole tech crash. And so I crumbled, my business crumbled. I was a young business person, so I didn't really understand. And so I couldn't do anything. I was just waiting for the old market to come back. It didn't. <laughs> and then the second one was the 2008 crisis, if we, as we knew. But I was more prepared for that one because I'd been through one before and I'd made all the mistakes. 
So we're here we are in an economic crisis right now, even if it's just 30 days, it's like everybody's changing. Whatever business strategy or growth strategy that all of us optimistic entrepreneurs think in 2020 was going to be the biggest growth year ever, that's gone. So even growth strategies off the table, now it's a survival strategy and it's how do we pivot again? So it's a lot of that same thing that's built in of how fast can we let go? It's a new era. It's a new day. We have to be able to dig in and figure out like, who am I made of? What am I? What am I? I've been built for what's now. And how do we invent and move into this unknown future? Because we don't have any thing to compare to because the past is gone. That that's that's non-existent, like as though it didn't happen. So anyway, the beauty out of the mindset to circle back where I started and then I'll I'll zip is that this mindset of understanding that all this goodness and and going in and pulling out and and conquering even fears or different things and just building this into this really solid, awesome human being with a mindset like I'm prepared for this. I can take action. Nobody knows the future. It's it's a it's a clean slate. It's an, it, like the playing field has been leveled because everybody's in the same place right now. So it's this beautiful time to invent, to create, to become, to really tap into source energy in a way to move out of fear of the unknown uncertainty and things changing and collapsing or breaking down and seeing what's next. And you know what really strikes me here is the, the parallel between that experience you had, which was coming close to death and then choosing to let essentially an older version of you die and choose to be reborn and literally create the person that you are today. And this is exactly what's happening today in the world. The life that we knew, the business that we knew, the market that we knew, the world economy that we knew is dead. It's no longer true. It's no longer relevant. That conversation is over. And, you know, some people are resisting. They're grabbing on to what they knew, what was certain, what was real. And they don't want to let go because it feels really uncomfortable. It feels really scary. And they don't want things to change because, you know, things were fine the way they were before. And they, they knew where they stood. They knew where their business stood. They knew where their product stood. They knew where their customers were. They knew where their prospects were. They knew who was willing to buy and who wasn't. They knew how to talk to them. They, they had a, a template for, for that life. They had a template for that world. And it's been ripped apart. It's been completely turned upside down. And that conversation is over. And there's other people who are like you who are leading the charge in creating this brave new world from scratch, in mourning the, 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 the world that is no longer here, that's no longer real, and creating the world that actually reflects reality, the new one that we get to inhabit, where we get to make up the rules and we get to define who we are, how we show up, what our businesses are, what our businesses stand for. Who do, we, who do we reach? How do we talk to them? How do we show compassion? How do we show empathy? How do we truly find value to deliver rather than be concerned about you know, the money that we think we are owed by the universe because we decided to start a business? And it's almost like you were prepared for this in that experience that you had. 
And it's not a coincidence that the way you're responding to this whole situation is a head and shoulders, you know, above and beyond how most people feel equipped to. And this is why you're leading the charge on this idea of reinvention, not just of entrepreneurs and CEOs as leaders, but also entire businesses, also entire lives, entire mindsets, just the fundamental way we approach reality. I want to ask you about two essential truths that you discovered during this time. One was money matters more than anything, but it's not about the money. And the second, which is so, so, so relevant these days, you must sacrifice your health to succeed, but you can't sacrifice your health for success. And you've been living at the intersection of these paradoxes. Now, health and money are probably the two biggest themes of this entire experience, particularly for entrepreneurs. So how is this even more true for you right now? And how are you seeing the world through this lens right now? Yeah, one thing that's really showing up and, and that when, when things are really good, we get a little cushy, we get a little mushy maybe, we get a lot more conceptual, we get a little bit more, uh, I don't know, because things are so good. It's like life and reality are pretty easy. It's like we've got it all figured out. And so things really become more conceptual. They become more theoretical. They become more, um, trying to think even what the right words are, but it's meaning we're not really facing reality. It's, it's, it's a, it's like the reality is there, but we're ignoring the reality because so we focus on things that, that may or may not feel important at the time. So one of those things that gets ignored is finances. And so people, a lot of people haven't been paying attention to their money, for example. It's really this belief like, ah, it's just always going to flow in. And if I do my life purpose and if I'm doing this or doing that and what the universe does, I have another saying that says that reality will always call your bluff. It's just a matter of time. It just takes time for reality to actually catch up to us not living by universal laws. And so for me, I didn't know that my body had a certain reality system that I couldn't overdo it. I couldn't just live that lifestyle of 24 seven grind, hustle, don't sleep. Like I got these rewards for how hard I worked and how many marathons I ran and how I did my life at this whole level. But it seemed to be working. That's the thing. Like I was, I was unaware because I looked great. I had so much energy. I was leading the country in my industry. And I mean, I was making money. Things were gangbusters. And like I said, still running marathon. I mean, everything I was doing, I thought I was the epitome of health, for example. But I wasn't. I even had all these red flags and things. My body was trying to warn me for so long, but I would just mind over matter and the marathon mentality that you just push through it and ignore things. And then what happens is life, like reality, has this two-boy for it that I think we get messages, but my hard-headedness and my ego and arrogance just thought, you know, wasn't paying attention. And so I got this great big two by four, just right taken out the knees. Like you can't ignore reality. You can't treat your body that way without consequence. But see, I went through for so long getting away with it. I thought that that's just the way it was until smack. So it becomes the same thing even with our finances now is that there's all these excuses not to pay attention to it. And this is all going to go the way it's ever going to go. 
but reality always calls our bluff. And so it feels like we're getting away with not paying attention to our money and maybe not having our emergency fund or savings and maybe being a little bit over in debt, ignoring these things, not paying attention, not tracking our money in our business, business, which that is an entrepreneurial thing to do as a real entrepreneur, like business is money. Oh, by the way, thing that's called profit and how we pay ourselves that money thing again. So for a lot of us, it's the whack of not paying attention. Like, all right, you've been ignoring it. Now you have to pay attention. So, so, so much of this is what I like to teach is that even in these paradoxes, like the way I teach money is that money, I mean, money matters more than anything. For me, it saved my life. The only reason why I'm here today is because I study, I did what I teach now. I wasn't teaching it then. I just did it for my own sake. But I had the money to save my life and I had the money to carry me through a, a year while my business was breaking down and everything else and throwing money at trying to figure out what I, you know, what was wrong with me. At the same time, when I was that sick, I didn't give a rip about my money. I didn't care about my car, my label on my, the emblem on my car. I didn't care about the neighbor, the zip code that my house was in. I didn't care about all those awards that I had all plaqued over my wall, all those, you know, big accomplishments. I didn't care. I didn't care about the lake house. I didn't care about any of it. All I cared about was, oh my God, if I'm not healthy, I can't live my life. But the money saved my life. So it's that real paradoxical like conflict that I had to then try to go reconcile. So that's what I've been teaching since is that money is very pragmatic. This, it's no bullshit right now. Like if you've not been paying attention to your money and have some things in place, it just showed up about how precarious and just how kind of a, uh, how essential it is, but how fast it can just blow up. So that's, it's funny. I've been teaching these money things you know, for a long time, but now people are like, oh, maybe I should have been paying attention to what Christina has been saying. But regardless, the second piece to that is all this out in the clouds type contemplation, which is great, but it's equally important. We have to be practical, real, be in reality and, and be in action. All this theory and thought and like, you know, going out and getting answers and more plant medicine or whatever the case is, fine. I've done that too. I, I do some of it, but it's like everything out there. It's like all this very, um, I don't know. It's just, it's not pragmatic, hardcore. What are we doing now? So now we just got to kind of an emergency room, life or death of our business type situation. And those things don't seem so important anymore. Now it's like, how do I put food on the table for my kids who are now in my house 24 seven and I just lost my job or my business just got shut down. I don't think we're caring about some of those other, you know, esoteric type things that we've been spending so much time on. So right now I think where people are really lost is they don't know what to do because really either we can be paralyzed by fear and do nothing because just fear itself is taking over or two, if we, even if we have some fear, anxiety, or these different things, because things are changed, by not knowing what to do is equally as paralyzing. So that's what I'm working to do right now, is you have to take action. Now, smack. Now's the time to wake up, take action. You know, when it comes to your health, what we're doing to be as immune as possible, to, to build our resiliency, our immune system, protect ourselves as much as possible, be as prepared as we can if we do or don't get 
get the virus and do, but being in action and taking things that's going to help us be the most resilient possible, resilient, not protect, not to get it or resilient if we did get it. So now with our finances and money and the other sides, it's wealth and wealth on the money wealth piece. It's what action is everybody taking to be in that all right, we're we're ready. We've done everything we can. So that's a lot of the talks I'm doing right now is what to do right now, especially as entrepreneurs and micro businesses, to be able to be ahead of this. And like the metaphor I've talked about, it's like the tidal wave is coming. So, I mean, it's like, what are we doing pedaling now to get in front of it, to ride the tidal wave in so we don't die under the water so we can ride it or we can be crushed by it? So now we want to be able to know what to do, exactly how to paddle, exactly how much force, exactly what size surfboard. And we need to get out there and be paddling like hell to catch the wave, to ride it in for however long this is going to last. And right now it is about survival. It is about survival of the business, whatever we can do, action steps we can take in both our business finance and our our personal finance to be prepared, just to be as financially immune as we can. And anything else, because as long as we're taking action, we're knowing because we can only do what we can do. We can only control what we can control. And worrying about anything else is just wasted energy. But taking action, what we can control, then allows us to become that much more resilient and prepared and and confident, if you will, for whatever is coming next. Yeah, it's um, it's such a relevant and timely conversation. And as you were talking the words that came to me were money is truth. And sometimes, you know, as human beings, we're uncomfortable with the truth. We avoid the truth. And, you know, it's probably been your experience as well since you've been teaching this for years. Most people have a fundamental discomfort with really seeing where they are with money. And so they avoid it. And people also have this with their health. And typically in the work that I do, when someone is, when they experience discomfort, when they don't have a capacity to tolerate discomfort, when they don't have that resiliency, when they don't have that emotional strength, what happens is they dissociate, they avoid it, right? So they distract themselves with other things or they pretend it doesn't exist or pretend that everything is okay. It's like, la, 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 la. If I don't see it, then, you know, there's no monster. And they put on the blinkers and then they continue to do what they do that is within their comfort zone that makes them feel good, that makes them feel productive. And so they'll still work, they'll still do the things, they'll still take action, but it's action that isn't going towards building their business, that isn't going towards building their wealth, it's not going towards addressing the gaps, it's action that's keeping them sa- keeping them safe. And What I see time and time again is most entrepreneurs, they spend so much time in this kind of action that keeps them safe at an emotional level, but it doesn't create safety in their business. It doesn't create safety in their bank account. It doesn't create safety in their bodies and in terms of their health because they they really don't have the capacity to hold the truth. They don't have the capacity to hold the truth of what their lead flow is how many sales they're closing, um, what the projections are like for the end of the year, how much cash flow they have. If something you know catastrophic, a black swan event like this happens, how many months can they pay their operating expenses? 
Are they going to have to lay off their team members? Are they going to have to downsize? Are they going to have to go bankrupt? If And what are those conditions? What are those projections? Most people have no sense of any of this. And, you know, for people to take action in the way that, you know, you advise, because you've been through the recessions, you've made millions, you've lost millions, you've, you've done it all, right? And now you teach people how to build both a spiritual and a practical relationship with money in such a way that they're not in avoidance, that they're not playing cat and mouse, that they're not um, pretending that everything is okay, and they're not keeping themselves busy doing other things, you know, hoping that it'll fix itself. So with this sort of baseline understanding for people in terms of how their dysfunction might be showing up, let's talk about what a functional relationship with their business and with money would look like under the theme that you know you talk about so much which is financial immunity which is so relevant right now well the first, i love what you're saying and i totally agree but you know what truth truth is it's such a funny word really in the sense like reality is truth like gravity's truth whether we like it or gravity doesn't care care what mood we're in today whether we like it, we, whether we don't like it, whether we're Republican or Democrat, truth doesn't care. Reality doesn't care. And so part of this is like, it's such a great word, like avoid the truth or whatever, but most people don't even look to try to find out what the truth is. Mm. They're just in their own opinions and beliefs that are never observed and never countered or never questioned. And then they, they just, you know, wherever we pick it up culturally from our parents, whatever the case is. And to that point, like I've made a life study to find the truth. And, you know, what I thought was the truth two weeks ago, a lot of those truths were bullshit, you know? So now we're being called out all the time because we can only interpret the truth. As human beings, we live in language and we interpret things to try to interpret what the truth is so that we can make decisions based on reality and truth, not based on opinion and what I believe, which mother nature doesn't care. Gravity does not care what our opinions are. So part of that is like, how do you learn the truth? How do you know the truth about money if you've never studied it? There are absolute positive gravity laws of money that have to be followed if you're going to build wealth. So if you've never studied the truths, you're probably working against them without knowing it, which if you're going against the universal laws and truths of money, you're never going to have wealth. You're going to self-sabotage accidentally just out of complete ignorance and ego usually thinking, oh, we can figure this money thing out if you, if you study the truth. So that's a big part of what I teach to your point is here are the universal truths of money. You can't defy them. It can't without con negative consequence. And you may think you're getting away with it. Just like I got away with my health for a long time until whack. And then all of a sudden the whack is like, now reality just showed up. It just called your bluff. And not only are these truths spiritual and universal, but they're also insanely practical. So there's a few misconceptions that I've seen you break apart. One is making a lot of money in your business most people think is what being wealthy is. And what I've seen you draw a distinction between is, you know, having a high, you know, seven, eight figure business and building wealth that you do not get rich from your business. 
right? Get, being wealthy is a completely different mechanism and concept. So let's start with that. How is it that you see people misunderstand this truth? And how do you actually show people what is actually true? Well, because the culture and one, because when I teach the way I teach money, it's not sexy because it's just pragmatic truth. And people like the I mean, people that are great marketers and the sizzle, it's a lot sexier to say, hey, let me show you how to build an eight to go from six figure or get to six figures. Now, the next program, let me show you how to get to seven figures. Now, let me show you much sexier much more um, compelling because everybody thinks that, oh, if I make all this money, then I get to be rich. So that's why. And it's just it's this this cultural belief system that we've inherited because it's the soup we swim in without. So there's no awareness unless you have someone like me that's coming in to try to call bullshit on that. But I'm one person compared to everything else out there. And we'd, And then when it comes to us, we'd much rather throw money at let me go from six to seven figures, then let me sit in front of my personal financial statements and look at everything and get to the truth of these things. Because there's this belief, if I just make enough money over here, I don't ever have to pay attention to my money. That is one big fat lie that will keep you broke no matter how much money you make. To your point, it's an avoidance tactic. So I would rather like be in the masterminds and doing all this other stuff to avoid anything that would cause us to have to sit down with our financial statements and maybe with a little calculator and look at our numbers and look at how all this is doing and maybe make some projections and make sure we're living within our means and our business has money and we have some cash, we're building some assets because the truth of wealth is unless you have a trust fund that's going to pay your bills at some point, you will be in the hustle and the month to month for the rest of your life, regardless of how much money you make. So it's just, it's just, a, it's great marketing. It's a big fat lie and it's great avoidance to your point. And speaking of trust funds, what you teach people is actually to, to be the benefactor of your own trust fund, right? And that's mm -hmm. such a novel concept. And something else you said is so relevant and so profound that I want to call it out, which is most people think that the answer to all their problems is to make more money, Right. And they're sitting right now probably in their businesses being like, I need to make more money. I got to figure out how to make more money. If I make more money, then everything is okay. Then I can solve all my problems. But that might not actually be true. So what do you say to people who are in that position right now who are looking at you know, um, expenses mounting up, not enough cash coming in. They're looking at you know, reactions that might be a little more knee-jerk. They think that what they need to do right now is bring more cash in. What do you say to them? Well, my message is mostly the same that I've always been saying it, but things have changed a little bit. Like if you would have asked me that question two to three weeks ago, I would have said one thing. But now I'm getting, this, is, this is what's crucially important. One, like I said at the beginning, any entrepreneur listening that's not directly already benefiting from this current situation, like if you're in the toilet paper business, you're probably, you don't have to listen to this. If you are in the, you know, the supplement business and you probably don't have to listen to this, but for everybody else, that's not automatically uh, benefiting, you know, financially and business-wise from the current situation, this is for everybody else. 
The first place to get a raise is you have to cut your expenses. Now, I mean, it's, and you cannot lag. It's the first action to take. If anybody listening has not gone through every single business expense and every single person expense with a fine tooth comb at least three times separately, you are already behind. You're already in danger. That tidal wave is coming and you are not prepared for it. You don't even have a surfboard. So that's the first thing. If you're waiting and it's if you're trying to just mad scramble for income or anything else, that's the first place you get a raise is cut the fat. Everybody in their business and household, when times are good, they're not paying attention to the money. For the most part, they put on some extra financial weight. So that's the first action to take is look for every place to cut any type of non-essential spending today. I mean, I did this two weeks ago. I run pretty lean already. You know, I teach a business model and personal model. It's like run lean. You know, it gives you a lot more opportunity and gives you a lot less stress. And you're allowed, you can pivot so much quicker. I could pivot so fast because I was already running lean. But even running lean normally, I had stuff on my books, my business books, my personal books, you know, because, you know, there was, there's profit. There's other things coming in there. But here's the thing. I have an Airbnb business. My Airbnb business dropped, gone overnight. High income. I do a nice income just for my Airbnb business that's dead. Was I predicting that? No, I thought if anything, that, that business might stay, you know, doing pretty well, but cleared out. So that's, a, that's my one example. I have others. And then, you know, but a lot of us, our incomes have been wiped out like that. But even that, when you're running lean, you have more margin. So if things get wiped out, they're wiped out to nothing. That's one thing. But if they're wiped out, your, your monthly burn is so low that there's room for things to do this. And that's why we always want to run our lives. We always want margin, margin of error, margin of things that we can't see or control. But that's why we keep, we stay the lean and mean normally. But even me, I went through and I cut. So on my business books, first thing, any recurring expense that we don't absolutely need. I mean, I was cutting things like a $2.12 Google Play account that we use occasionally, done. So then I went back again this weekend and I, I had to cut some more because I'm I'm predicting and I'm based on, now I can only base make any financial decision based on what I can see in the future because I can't make any predictions based on a past. And same in the household. I mean, I just went through and like anything else I can get rid of. Let's just, it's it's essential, non-essential, essential, non-essential and look for places and a lot of other things I've been recommending. That's like just on your current expenses, but you're looking for income everywhere. Like the first thing where you don't think is people like, I need to go make more money. The first place you make money is by cutting your expenses. You get all that money back that you weren't, that somebody else was getting. Now you get to keep that. So that's how you get a payday is by more money in your bank account. So that's a lot of what I'm researching right now. You know, everything that I'm teaching through my financiallyimmune.com site and others that are that are following me to, to stay on top of other places that that allow us to cut. But and I'm giving advice. So go to your car loan, renegotiate your car loan, try to get a lower a lower interest rate. Call your credit card, see if there's any place to negotiate there. Call your mortgage, whatever you can do, any place right now we want to trim. First, all those just really those variable expenses, those recurring things that that we can opt out of, basically. And then the fixed expenses is the next place to go in our business. That's payroll. That's uh, some technology. It's it's just looking for any any hardcore fixed expense on our personal. It's our 
our, our rent, our, our car payments, our student loan payments, like anything we can. And now looking to negotiate all this fixed expenses just to find money. And depending on how severe your current financial situation is and how would how you know the emergency state that it's in, there are things available like being able to defer student loan payments, defer mortgages, some different things. I wouldn't recommend recommend those right off the bat, but there are things that are becoming available as choices. But how do you know what choice to make if you're not if you haven't already looked at your numbers and you know exactly how much money there is, what's your monthly burn in your business, your household, how much runway do you have as far as how many months, assuming no income, how many months you could live. Now you add your income onto that to be able to. And now we're course correcting and look at our money all the time. So now's the time if you haven't been in your money, now's the time to, if you've been, you know, had a very dysfunctional relationship with your money, now's the time to build that intimacy. You know, even if you're one of guys want to talk intimacy, I want intimacy with money right now because that type of intimate relationship might be the relationship that like saves our ass right now. Yeah, and if we if people think about their relationship with money as an intimate relationship, imagine if that was your partner and you treated them like you treat money. So you, you know, looked at them every once every few months, you had like a casual, you know, very um, distant relationship with them. But you expected them to keep showing up for you, keep, you know, giving you gifts, keep showing up in abundance. That wouldn't work very long with a human being. And it doesn't work very long with, you know, when it comes to money. And, you know, the underlying thing here is that people act in irrational ways because it's completely logical that when a situation like this is unfolding, we cut our expenses because, you know, logically, the less money we're paying out, the more money we get to keep. But at an emotional level, it actually causes pain. And they've done studies on this. When we downgrade our, our standard of living, when we downgrade what we're used to in terms of having, it causes twice as much pain, emotional pain, as it does to gain that same amount as if we were getting it from scratch. And so this is a very real challenge. It's something that, you know, you may be listening to Christina and you might be thinking that, okay, I'm going to sit with my expenses tomorrow. I'm going to carve out the whole day. I'm going to look at my books. I'm going to go through everything three times. I'm going to cut off everything, even $5 charges that are recurring. And then tomorrow you start and maybe you go, you open the refrigerator a few times. Maybe you open Facebook to check something. Maybe there's an important call that you remember you need to make. And your brain starts pulling you away from an area that it already anticipates it's going to experience pain from. And this is very real. This is how neglecting your finances for you know a month turns into a year and turns into three years. And then the guilt builds up that, oh my God, I haven't been, I haven't been dutiful in terms of, you know, my, my finances. I haven't been tracking all these things. And then at the end of the year, when taxes are due, you know, it's just this high stress, high emotional um, variability kind of experience where it feels really challenging. And there's no reason for it to feel challenging if we're actually more fidelis throughout, you know, the year, the weeks, the months. So it's also important to really recognize how intense this is for us as human beings because survival and, you know, this root chakra 
uh, level stuff, which is money, food, shelter, all of the things that are being called into question right now. This is biological. We've been dealing with this and it's been wired into our biology and our neurology for thousands of years. It's something that, you know, Christina, like I was having um, um, a meditation session and I had this really profound um, experience of really understanding how deep this goes. And I was thinking about food, how most people um, have a relationship with food. If you think about it, we either um, overeat, we go into excess, right? And we go into excess because we don't think that there will be enough food left for later. And so our body doesn't feel safe. And so you want to cram as much food into our body to maximize our chances of survival because we don't think there'll be more. Or we are in avoidance and we deprive and, you know, there's anorexia, there's bulimia, there's all sorts of eating disorders based on control. And we have these dysfunctional relationships with food. And I often see in clients where there's dysfunction in terms of food, there's dysfunction in terms of money. And the way we treat food has some very interesting parallels with how we treat money. And it's that same sense of scarcity. It's that same sense of avoidance, that same emotional discomfort that comes in both areas because both are so wired into our neurobiology. Well, yeah, and it's like, you know, I, I do use a lot of that metaphor, like comparison in a lot of my teaching that, you know, people can be equally messed up with money, whether they don't make a, they don't make or have much of it. And if they make a lot and have a lot of it, it's the same. That's the same spiritual energy. So it's, there's no difference. In this, I mean, which were somebody that is anorexic and underweight or somebody that's 100 pounds overweight and is obese? I mean, at the end of the day, there's something there at the core, the source that that isn't something to look at to perhaps work on. And same with the money. A lot of people think, oh, if I had all the money then life will be grand. No, there are people that have lost a lot of what I call the illusion of having money. Think, you know, you have a bunch of money because it shows up as a certain value on your books based on what current market price is. And that goes down overnight. And now it's like people are so upset and losing their shit because, oh my God, they lost a million dollars worth of valuation. The money's not real till you spend it. So it's all an illusion anyway. But if you're just as attached to that, is there, is that, I mean, it's still the same amount of stress, the same amount of anxiety, the same amount of attachment, the same amount of fear, like all this stuff, as opposed to someone, the single mom with two kids that barely can pay rent, people with millions suffer just as much. But people think that, oh, if I had that, that solves it. But no, that's that whole relationship piece that if you don't have a good spiritual connection with your money and relationship and intimacy and gratitude, money will own you no matter what side that you're on. So ultimately, but with how it's even more relevant today, like in today's times, if someone came to us and said, let's say the leading doctor in the world came to us and said, if you are 50 pounds more overweight, if you come within 50, 100 yards of this virus, you are dead. It's attacking people that are 50 pounds plus overweight. What would you do? What would be the, if that were a fact, like what would you do? Like take action, wait around, just maybe put more of a, you know, a cocoon or cover. I mean, that would, I don't have an answer, but what would you do? That same thing is with our money right now that it's, 
the money thing here is it's the 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 vir- the viral effect of the economics for small business people that's not automatically benefiting from this already. It's saying, what would you do? The virus is going to get you because you're very vulnerable as a small business person if you don't have cash and if you've been feeding doing this yo-yo cycle and you know you're not you you weren't prepared for this. So this is coming for you if you so. Unless you do something. So what would you, whoever's on the other end of this, what would you do? Because that's the mindset now to take action on. That's the seriousness. It is live or die in business right now. Like I'm not airy fairy right now. I'm not, I mean, I'm trying to like give this very serious mood that we don't have any time to dance around with this. If you want to save your business and have income, it is survival right now. We are in the ER. It is triage of our businesses and our lives and figuring it out. And you have to have money to pay the bills. So everybody, like, get serious about that. Take action. My 12-step program is the exact actions to start taking for the very practical, pragmatic, this is what to do. Every day you lag, every week you lag, every amount of time that you're lagging to think that, oh, I just want to wait this out and see, that tidal wave is starting to, I mean, that wave is starting to come over on top of you. We don't have to be crushed by this. We can ride the wave, but you have to be doing the work right now to be able to make sure you're in the best position. You might still get crushed, but it's less likely if you're doing the work and you've got your surfboard and you've got your vet life vest and you've got your good paddling skills on you with a community of others that are going to navigate with this through you through it with you, but you can't just do nothing. If we're going to really survive this, you know, whatever next 30, 60, 90 days and the, the economic ripple effect, viral effect of this it's not going to go away soon. I mean, as we're going to recover, there's a lot of stimuluses going back in the marketplace right now. There's options like the SBA loan and the care package and, and some different things that are allowing us to, um, that are, that can infuse and maybe keep us from living, you know, full deaths in our businesses. But again, if you're taking advantage of that, I, one of my step number four is, do you have your financial house in order? Do you know your credit score? Do you have all your tax returns? Do you have all your business PL numbers that you can show? Do you have a full package ready to give the banks? Like this is going to be stuff available, but to only those that are actually doing the work to get all this stuff ready. And I've got my notes. I'm, I'm already applying to everything that I can apply for to see what I may, may or may not be able to get. But I've already got my tax returns and everything ready. And, and I still had to do some cleanup and to get some things going. But if we're just waiting and not even taking advantage of some of the things that are becoming available, then it's like what I call a stand in line. If you get to Disneyland, you know, at 8 a.m. when they show up, you can get first in line for the best rides. If you get there at 2 p.m., you're going to be stand in line for a couple hours for that same ride. So you don't want to stand in line with these things once everybody else has already, you know, had a late breakfast and everything. No, get first in line and know what all these things are to be able to, this is survival. This is survival of the fittest right now. Business with small micro business entrepreneurs, this is survival of the fittest. Those that are ready to act, take charge, get into action, have conversations, be serious, and not doomsday. Like, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but I, so I'm not going to like, 
freak out or be scared about it. At the same time, make no mistake, I'm, I'm more serious than I've been in a long time. So it's managing our mindset and our moods and what we're allowing into our space, having these types of conversations. But I'm just here to talk about, here's the truth of what I see it. Here's pragmatic things that you can start doing right now if you haven't already started. And then what types of conversations and resources and tools do we have available to be able to navigate this? So when it's with the COVID virus, I have plastic gloves. If I go out, I have a mask that I can wear. I, you know, I've got my social distance of six feet. I've got my wipes. I wipe off everything. I wasn't doing that two weeks ago. Were you? No, of course not. But now we're doing these things to take action and to be smart and to be prepared. I've, we've got certain, you know, supplements and things. If somebody were to come down with a virus, you know, we can, you know, have stuff on hand very quickly, you know, hopefully to, you know, to be able to, to deal with that if that's where the case. The same thing we need with our finances. We need our mask, which are financial statements. We need our gloves, which is knowing where all your money is. We need all the same things to be prepared for whatever's planned for and prepared. Then we can only control what we can control, but at least we know we're in the best shape that we can possibly be in for the unknown. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's much to say after that. And this feels like a really great place to bring this conversation to a close. This has been absolutely incredible. It's been a much needed reality check for those people who are running businesses or entrepreneurs who have been avoidance, who haven't looked at their money, who haven't taken the time to cut expenses. This is the wake up call that hopefully you didn't need, but if you did need, then hopefully this is the one that pushed you over the edge. And I really hope every single one of you make that time this week, ideally in the next 24 hours, because if you wait longer, your brain's going to find ways to make excuses and put it off longer. Um, this is the time. And this is the time. You, you're not going to get um, a bigger, better reality check than this. Christina, this has been terrific. Tell people where they can find you, where they can access some of the resources that you're creating to help create this sense of financial immunity, to help entrepreneurs, business owners, those of, you know, the people who are on the leading edges of business really bring this solution, really bring this kind of immunity and health to their businesses. Okay. Yeah. The best thing I put together a PDF, which are 12 things you can start doing right now. And that's called financiallyimmune.com, financiallyimmune.com. So that's just the best place to find. And then I'm working on, I mean, my team is working nonstop right now to be able to put all these resources together. So to make it very easy to do these checklists, here's links to the SBA loan, here's links to the, the care stimulus package that is available now. So I'm working to create this whole resource library for business owners, small, like micro businesses like me, to be able to, in all one place, know what's available and accessible based on all the five steps. So please know all that is we're working on to make it very easy to know what to do. And then we get to choose, you know, what to do or not to do. And this is, just to be clear, this is not just for those businesses that are in trouble. This is actually something that can be a major, major asset and a major upgrade you can give your business, even if you're doing well. So could mm -hmm. you really quick talk about that? 
Well, there's, I mean, there's a couple things that are one that there's the stimulus package that everybody's most everybody's going to start getting the check in the mail anyway. I'd recommend to go spend that, like to stimulate the economy with the checks everybody will be get be getting in the mail just based on what income level is. And I think those should be going out pretty soon. But there's there's two different there's the CARES program and then there's an SBA loan. And the SBA loan is up to I think you can get up to two million dollars. You apply for it, you apply through your bank. It's I think like a three and three quarter interest rate if you get approved. And this is this is a loan that you'll pay back, but it's it's a low interest loan. So part of my 12 steps, one of them is to find cash. And so right now, these are the things like you want to just stockpile cash, not just toilet paper. So the SB loan is one good place to look for small business people. And they're making where getting the loans would typically be pretty difficult. You know, they're making it much easier to get these types of loans, but you'll work through that. So that's one loan. The other thing is the CARES. And that, I think there was approved $350 billion for small businesses as sole proprietor up to 500 employees. Your business doesn't have to be in bad shape. Like neither one of them have to be in bad shape. You're just getting, you're getting cash. You're getting access to money to be able to survive and ride this tide and to, for as long as it lasts. So that's, uh, I think you take like the average of the monthly amount of your payroll costs over the last year, up to $100,000, you multiply that by two and a half. And that's what you're eligible for. You apply for it still through the bank, but I don't think even your credit score, it's a potentially a forgivable loan for this type of money. But this is a really great package that I like because it allows small businesses that would otherwise have to lay off employees to be able to keep their employees. And that's keeping people at work. What we want to do is keep people at work. That's how we pay our bills. So I love this package. I'm looking into it. I'm getting everything applied for right now myself because that would be the worst thing is if I had to let my employees go just to survive this. So this keeps them at work, that keeps them paying their rent so their landlords can you know, pay their mortgages on the houses and the ripple effect of how that works or how it goes in the opposite direction. And then I think the loan will be forgivable if you don't, as long as you have your same employees, you don't lay them off during the time of that, that payment period. And, and anyway, there's a lot of details there. I mean, they're, they're all over the place. But again, I'm going to be putting together this resource guide to make it very easy to have the links to these different resource, these different uh, programs that are available with a little bit of an explanation to each one of these. The difference is what they are, how to apply for them. So that's what, what my team's working on this week to make it, like I said, all in one place. Love it. If you're listening to this, I recommend you jump on this because there are very few people in the world who understand money like Christina and especially who understand money as it relates to businesses. So, Christina, whatever you put together, whatever you launch, you have my seal of trust. And I really appreciate the work that you do because, you know, this is an area that a lot of people need help. A lot of people are unwilling to see that they need help. But once they do, you know, what I've seen transform in people's lives and businesses after they work with you is absolutely spectacular. So, Thank you for the work you do. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for an amazing conversation. I can't wait to have you back and I wish you all the luck and all the love in the times to come. I love you, Ani. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Take care. Cool. Boom. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value, please consider leaving a five-star review to allow the show to reach more people or share this episode via your social media channels. If you're an entrepreneur and want support in exponentially scaling your business, email me at ani at animanian.com.